Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Universe Sports Talk. Caleb Turner here. Jackson Payne. And yeah, we're back uh, same week. We recorded on Monday and we're back here on a Friday um, to talk about the latest in BYU sports. Back by unpopular demand after our <laughs> smash hit first episode. Yeah, we, we want to we give a quick shout out and thank you to all those who have already listened to that first episode. Um, as you can tell, we're doing some video now, so that's a little bit different. And we hope that it can just add to um, the entertainment value we can bring with this podcast and also the information we want to bring you as BYU sports journalists. Yeah, we saw the advanced stats for the last podcast. It was, I think, 39% of our listening base was female. So we had some video just to take advantage of that. Exactly. Get our faces out there a little more. Cause, yeah, we're both you know, single. So, yeah. Married anyway. to the grind, but uh, <laughs> always open to change, you know. <laughs> so on that note... <laughs> <laughs> we um, this the Friday episode is going to be a little bit different than the Monday. Obviously, there hasn't been a football game between the last time we talked and now. So we're going to go through. Um, you know, ideally this would be kind of like a mailbag episode where we take some of your guys' questions, we respond to some comments and things like that. Um, we didn't get a whole lot of responses, so that's a uh, you know for you guys. Make sure you respond to our mailbag, ask us questions. We want to get all your guys' questions, uh, so please send those in when you get a chance. But for today, since we didn't get a bunch of those. Luckily, we had some questions go out on the universe Instagram page. Yeah, if you uh, want this to be interesting, we need your participation. So please, yeah. send it. The mail never stops. Please. The mail never stops. Exactly. But in the meantime, uh, I don't. If you guys hadn't seen, if you don't follow the universe uh, on Instagram, please do universe BYU. Follow us on Instagram as well, obviously at Daily Unif Sports. There was a question that went out on Tuesday, our weekly news question about the football team, and the question was basically, do you think the football team can go 12 and 0? And that, you know, we decided on that question because the team is 3-0 right now. There seem to be a lot of games left on the schedule that are very winnable. Obviously some tough ones as well, such as the Baylor game and the USC game and Utah State in there as well. Um, but, you know, we, we put that question out there and we got some good responses. So we're going to go through a few of those and um, give us kind of a chance to um, talk about your guys' thoughts, some of the doubts and concerns, and then talk about, you know, some of our own thoughts on those. Hopefully not jinx the team. That's uh, what we want to avoid. Exactly, exactly. So to start out with, well, I'll just kind of group some of these responses together. They were, they were kind of similar. Um, there was a lot of optimism. A lot of people thinking, you know, I think this is possible. I think we can go 12-0. and 0. Um, You know, one person said, yeah, we just got to keep playing like we have been so far. Um, you know, got to make sure we, we stay healthy. That was obviously a concern that came up. We talked about that on Monday as well. If this team is still healthy, you know, the, the odds of us going 12-0 and 0 are a lot greater. Um, and, you know, in general, I think there's just a lot of, a lot of hype and optim optimism around BYU football right now. So, Jackson, you know, maybe starting with, like, the optimistic side of things, what do you think is the kind of the blueprint for BYU to go 12-0? I think the biggest key is health, obviously. Um, that was something that was mentioned in the responses. That's something yeah. I've been saying. Every year it seems like, you know, playing an independent schedule, it's very front-loaded. You're always going to have some bigger names at the front of the schedule, and then you play your cupcake teams in November, which is... It's, it's all right, but, like, you see a lot of these season-ending injuries that happen against the bigger teams early. Uh, guys get worn down, and you drop a couple games later in the season that you probably shouldn't lose. And so starting this year, you're 3-0 against Pac Power 5 teams, Pac-12 teams. Three very grueling wins. Yeah. Um, a lot of great takeaways from those wins, but pretty grueling, interesting late. And I think just to continue to play at the level that they are and to play at that level for an extended period of time throughout the season, they really need to just take early control against South Florida, and they need to make sure that they can keep their starters, keep their starters, I mean, engaged early. They want to be the ones helping make whatever happens happen. You know, they want to be the ones scoring, and but got to give them some rest later on because you can't afford to lose a guy like Jaron Hall for the season or Tyler Algier. We already lost Keenan Peely on defense. That's a huge loss. You're not going to recover from that. Like, there's, there's no way they can recover from Keenan Peely. And losing a Tyler Algier or an Isaac Rex or someone like that, that's the exact same thing. Yeah, definitely. I think you're spot on there with, like, these key players that really cannot get injured, right? I mean, we've already had a little bit of a scare with Jaron. Um, we're recording this on a Friday. There's a game against USF tomorrow. And so we're not sure exactly what Jaron's status for the USF game is going to be. We, uh, he told us after the game against ASU that he just got the wind knocked out of him, that he would be okay. Um, but then, you know, during the week, there's some, you know, some things, you know, maybe he's not 100%. Maybe they're going to be a little more cautious with him. 
because of uh, they've got some more difficult games coming up, and USF isn't really seen as maybe the most difficult game. Yeah, and then, honestly, because you, you get USF this week, no game's an easy win, but mm. they're the easiest that we've had so far. And then you've got USU, Boise, Baylor. That's arguably a more grueling three-game stretch than the one the Cougars have just had, even though, I mean, part of it's on the road as well. you got two road games in there, so that's going to hurt a little, That's gonna hurt a bit. But, you know, if, if BYU chose to sit Jaron for this game mm. just because they want to be very conservative going forward, I would support them in that. Baylor Romney's looked good in the past. I mean, that threat of Isaac Rex against Arizona State was pretty sweet. So get a little more of that. Hopefully he doesn't trip over the lineman again because that, that did happen. <laughs> a little bit of a shaky start there. A <laughs> little bit of a shaky. It, it looked very like 1980s BYU quarterback. Just yeah. a little awkward. A little lanky, but got the job done somehow. So And the quality of the video didn't help with that either. We've, we've seen some, some responses on Twitter and things about how, for whatever reason, the BYU broadcast of the football games is not the highest quality. Which isn't BYU's fault. That's yeah. ESPN. It's got to yeah. be on ESPN. It's got to right? be on the cameras. Right? Anyway, something going on there. The highlights, you can probably tell if you've watched the highlights, that throw looked like it was from the 90s or early 2000s. But, yeah, um, 480p on YouTube. Yeah, you know? yeah. We're trying to go for that 4K. <laughs> So, Come on, so, Kevin J. Worthing, get us that 4K. So speaking of kind of the strength of schedule and some of these difficult games coming up, we got one response that said, um, you know, I think the, the, U- the USC game is going to be really difficult. That's, you know, the, I believe the last game on the schedule, right? Thanksgiving, yeah. traveling to L.A., playing USC. What are some of these other games in the schedule that you think are kind of like the biggest roadblocks to be where you go in 12-0? USU is, Utah State's looking like a trap game. Um, they're 3-0. They have a big game against Boise tomorrow. That's going to tell us a lot about both teams. Um, BYU has not played a true road game. They went to Vegas, but come on, like the, the fans took over the stadium there. Yeah, seriously, it's pretty. That was kind of like the beginnings of the rock this year. I think you it, was, know? it was like 80 percent at BYU, from what I heard. Pretty much. Crazy. I mean, we weren't there, but yeah. seemed pretty pro BYU on TV. But so they haven't had to go to a real road game yet. Utah State. I mean, they, they're nuts up in Logan. That is a crazy place to watch football, whether you believe that or not. <laughs> I mean, there's not much else to do in Logan, so I guess. Sorry, Logan, but we're gonna throw shade. <laughs> But yeah. Um, sorry, chair malfunction. <laughs> yeah, we're in some new chairs here. Yeah, uh, it looks a lot more official, and they're pretty comfy still, but a little different from the uh, chairs we had in our last studio booth. So anyway. But uh, yeah, Utah State's looking like a trap game just because they're playing really hot. They love beating BYU. Um, depending on what happens against South Florida, like if it's a really close game against South Florida, if we don't show up or if they just play out of their mind and it's way too close for comfort, I'm gonna be pretty scared for Utah State because. Yeah. They're always up to play BYU, you know. And playing in U- playing in Logan is never easy. And then, of course, you got Boise State the week after that. They don't usually win in Provo that much. I think they've lost. They lost in 2019. They lost in 2015. We beat them last year. But always a tough game. Boise State's a strong program. Baylor, I mean, those are three pretty tough games. And then USC, like you said, Jackson Dart from Kaysville, Utah. Although I did see he looks like he had some kind of surgery yesterday on his meniscus or something. So I don't know if, he'll, if he's even going to be playing by Thanksgiving, but who knows? Who knows? I just know. I mean, they, they fired their coach, yeah. so you could see a USC meltdown this season, but Dart looked pretty good against Washington State. No, definitely. He's, he's the real deal. And, and I think, you know, there's definitely something to, you know, the home game stretches and then going on the road as well. I think the reason a lot of people think that USC game is going to be pretty tough is because it's in L.A. Same thing with the Baylor game and the USU game as well, right? These road games that are a little tougher. But speaking of you know, these home games for a second, um, I've been talking to some reporters and student writers from other papers in the Big 12 trying to get acquainted with this new co- the new conference BYU is going to be joining in a couple of years. And what a lot of them have said, so for example, I talked with a reporter from UT, and he said that whenever, every time a team comes to Austin, um, they, they want to be U- UT because they're the Longhorns, because they're this, this nationwide team that has a lot of fans. Kind There's like a the, brand to Kind it. of like the Cowboys, right? Like everyone wants to beat the Cowboys. Everyone wants to beat the, wants to beat the Longhorns. Do you think BYU has kind of gotten that way a little bit where, like, when a team comes to Provo, they, like, kind of up their game a little bit, and they think, oh, no, like, since it's BYU, we have, like, we're going to we're gonna try and beat them because we have, like, more of that nationwide brand? I think so. I mean, BYU is kind of, it's a very unique school, as you know. There's the church aspect, but also BYU just has clout, for lack of a better term. Mm. You see Cosmo, he always goes viral for dancing. Yeah. Um, Zach Wilson was just drafted second overall, so everyone knows BYU for that. Jimmer is still popular 10 years later. So BYU's just got that unique brand to it. Which and they market themselves in such a way that it, it grows, and so I feel like people are up to play BYU. It's it's a game that they want to win, and when you go to Lavelle Edwards Stadium and just see just the atmosphere there when you're 
how yeah. loud the stadium gets, how awesome the backdrop is. Just it's a really cool place, not only to watch a football game, to play a football game. And so I think they just want to perform the best they can when they're there. And I mean, who doesn't want to beat BYU? You know? And maybe the elevation plays a factor too. So I think it was Ben Krill or somebody posted a photo back from 2013, the Longhorns, speaking of them once again, they wore those masks uh, to help them adjust to the elevation a little bit. I don't know if it actually helped. They ended up losing that game in 2013 anyway. So anyway. The elevation definitely. I mean, I know in baseball, like the Colorado Rockies, yeah. there's more home runs in their ballpark than anywhere else because mm. of the elevation to right. the point where they have to like kind of tamper with the baseballs. Interesting. And so part of the reason, kind of like an underlying aspect of why BYU was such a dominant passing force in the 80s besides the fact scheme and just talent is the ball travels farther mm. when you throw it. The air's thinner, altitude. And so I feel like people, I don't know, just, the altitude just kind of amps things up just on, sure. every, on every level. Yeah, and just lastly, going back to some of these responses about, you know, can BYU go 12-0, a lot of people had kind of this, uh, you know, this cautious optimism. A lot of people saying, you know, I've had hope in the past that a BYU team could go 12-0, but I've got burned in the past. And there's kind of this overall sense of, you know, they're doing all right right now, but something's going to be some kind of hiccup, something's going to go wrong. You know, obviously we don't want to jinx the team at all, but there's always kind of that cautious optimism with BYU, right? Things are looking good, and then all of a sudden they find some way to lose a couple games here and there. I think you mentioned Utah State is a definite, could be a trap game where you go up there and, you know, we're on this four-game win streak. We played a bunch of home games in a row. We lose that one. So I, I think I definitely can uh, relate to a lot of Cougar fans who have kind of that, that cautiousness, the hesitancy a little bit about going all in on this team. Uh, you know, shout out to our boys at the BOU hype train. I know you guys are all on that, thinking they're going to go 12-0. Let's, you know, I hope they do too. But, you know, here at the universe, as journalists, we've got a little bit more of that uh, skepticism, a little more cautious optimism, right? Um, try to take it from a little bit more of a journalistic standpoint as opposed to just hype train fanboys. I just think that 3-0 and is way too early to start talking yeah. undefeated. Like, I would just be happy that you're 3-0 and just be looking to the next game. Obviously, no matter what happens, you could lose out the rest of the year, and this year will be special because you beat Utah. Yeah. And Arizona State was an all-timer, you know. I mean, the Tomahawk takeaway from Algier. No, nothing will ever top that. So no matter what happens the rest of the year, they can lose out. They they can miss a bowl game. But what they've done already is proven that like they're a legit team. Until of course they lose out, but they're not they're not going to. We're we're pretty confident in that. Yeah. No. Totally. And it's going back to one thing that I think is super super important, especially in in a home game like the Saturday against USF and ones coming up with you know against Virginia and Boise State as well. Uh, the rock has been so important, the student section, right? And that was the other question that went out to our readers this week was, uh, what's your hot take on the rock? You know, it's, it's a pretty unique student section. It's also relatively new. We've got a story coming out this week on kind of how the rock got started, so look out for that. I will say, though, I'm, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think the rock is a bad name. <laughs> I think it should be the almighty Brigham Young student section, the abyss. Okay. That would be way cooler. I think people would very much not want to play in Provo if the Abyss is in the back, just kind of... And then we could do blackout games and stuff, too. That'd be sick. Anyway, that's, I am that's just my of, shameless plug for the, the Rock rebranding, but... I am a fan of blackout games, and hey, you heard it here first. We are now lobbying for a change of name from the Rock to the Abyss. I don't know. Is that a Tom Homo thing we got to talk to, or is <laughs> Maybe, that a... <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, we're going to go straight to the Rock board, straight to our to our homie with the, uh, the shades that does TikTok videos now. I don't know his name, but... Dude, the Rock TikTok is like... <laughs> Heck of popular. We got to get on that grunt too. Yeah, we're we're gonna get on TikTok too. So watch out. Be, be prepared. <laughs> but one of the common comments um, or responses, I guess, to the question about the Rock was that a lot of people said the Rock passes are too expensive. Um, and you know, I think that's an interesting comment. And I obviously people are still buying them. The Rock section has been full at every home football game so far. Uh, obviously, it's not ideal. You know, if some students are getting priced out, you know, that's not really what, what we want to do. I think somebody mentioned, I wish there was a non-football option for those who are into other sports. We know that BYU is good at a variety of sports, obviously, where, whether it be volleyball, basketball. Golf. Golf, soccer, although the Rock Pass doesn't get you into golf events, unfortunately, mostly because they usually play all across the country. But having said that, um, you know, is, is there an issue with the Rock Pass? Like, I mean, we've seen a lot of fans, so it doesn't seem like it's a big issue, but are there ways they could improve maybe? I don't know. I think, like, $150 for a Rock Pass, if you put it in perspective, is not... If you went to both home football games so far, mm. you've already paid for your Rock Pass because yeah. you went to Utah and you went to Arizona State. Those are two, at the time, high-profile football programs. BYU obviously took care of that, but, <laughs> I mean, those are two ranked matchups. Those are two very, very important games just from the, the spectrum of college football that day. So to be at both those games, definitely worth more than 150 bucks. For perspective, 
Uh, just I was curious the other day, so I looked up tickets for BYU, Utah State. We'll be there covering it, but I was just curious how much tickets would cost. The cheapest ticket right now to go up in Logan is 170 bucks. Wow. For one ticket. And that's more than a rock pass. So to watch one away football game against Utah State is more than a rock pass that would get you into every sporting event for the entire year. That's crazy. So I don't think that if you're paying tuition, if you're paying housing, what's another 150 <laughs> for, for a rock pass? But yeah. that being said, on the flip side, why can't BYU just charge $150 more for tuition and then every student just gets a rock pass? Right. That way, like... I know there's a lot of rock pass. There's a lot of rock hesitancy I've seen, at least from like my social circles. There's people I come across, people that don't want to spend the money on a rock pass, people that don't. They buy one and they always have that just kind of remorse, like they're not getting enough out of it. And you know, if you want people to like be more excited about sports, you got to get them into games. You know, it's like it's it's the butts and seats totally uh, yeah. factor. You know, if you have cheap tickets, people will buy merchandise, they'll buy food, they'll make up for it just by being there, you know. And that's what BYU needs to do in terms of just stoke for athletics on campus because we have some great athletics here. Honestly, you can make a case that this is the most exciting time to be a BYU fan because of just the overall quality of athletics that there are on this campus. And football usually is kind of the exception mm. we talk about. Yeah. And now there's 3-0 and ranked 15th. And when they beat South Florida tomorrow, they'll probably be, I'm guessing, 12. But what I'm trying to say is they're a rising program. There's a lot of great sports on campus. And I wish students were more involved. I'm glad that they've had a great showing so far. But I feel like there are ways that they could make it better. But that's not up to me. So Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, obviously not every student is going to be into football. That's fine. But I think when you see a team succeeding like they are right now and doing as well as the football team is right now, there's a lot more excitement around it. And people get more into football and they want to go to the games more often. I think that's what we're seeing, right? But yeah, it's fine. You know, if somebody's not into football, they're not going to be as psyched about paying 150 bucks for a rock pass because yeah. they don't understand. Because, like you said, if you want to go to the Utah State game, it's more than a rock pass. But there's people who wouldn't wouldn't go to that game in the first place because they yeah. don't really like football, right? So the other thing though is, I feel like I saw a thing on Twitter. I think uh, I think Ben Criddle put it out, and it was which BYU team made you fall in love with BYU mm. football, and that kind of got me thinking because I feel like there's certain. For me personally, like when I watched Taysom Hill for the first time, I fell in love with football as a whole, not just BYU football. It was Taysom Hill and then the Tanner Mangum Hail Mary game. Yeah. Those just got me hooked. And I was a kid in high school watching on TV. And but point being, though, like I feel like in the past, you'd get people that fell in love with BYU football by being a student here, going to games, and having these experiences. And I don't think that happens that much anymore. Because mm. you see guys like Mike Leach, great college football coach, one of the best offensive minds ever who was just a student at BYU during the Lavelle Edwards era, yeah. fell in love with the team, became obsessed with passing, and is now one of the top coaches in college football. And, you know, I was trying to think, would that happen today? Mm. Obviously, Coach Edwards isn't here, so there's Kalani's great, but come on, it's Lavelle. He's yeah. the Mount Rushmore of college football coaches. But in terms of just, like, having the opportunity to fall in love with a whole sport because of BYU football, I'm not sure that happens that much. And I'm wondering if... BYU is even allowing it to happen with, with the rock passes and things like that. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, I will say, I think this is the closest we've gotten to that since I've been at BYU. At least I know that I mentioned this in the last show. We won't go too, too into it again, but there's a lot of hype right now. you know. Yeah. And, there, and I think that's really good. The rock section has been full, and then there is a lot of enthusiasm. Even in, in the responses we saw on Instagram, people are excited about the rock. People you know, are calling it the best student section in the world, or at least the fans are on Instagram, not anybody outside the program necessarily. No credibility, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But there, there is some enthusiasm, and so we, we, we appreciate that. You know, like we said in the last game you know, or in the last episode, when BYU is good, it's important that you know fans show out that they support these teams, um, so that the brand can continue to grow. And like Jackson said, they can have these moments where they fall in love with a BYU football team, and it can continue into the future. And one thing I've noticed too this year so far, excuse me, is um, people are. I always hate sitting in the student section. Excuse me. I hated sitting in the student section in high school. I've only sat in the rock once yeah. in my time in college. It's just it's boring for me because I want to watch the football game. I don't want to do dumb cheers or whatever. They're dumb to me. They're cool for others. I'm sorry, but it's we, one we, of the. We're talking like power turbulence. What are the what are the other cheers? You know, just like the B, Y, U, Cougars. You like know, I I just want to watch football. I'm I'm out here trying to like analyze the cover two versus the the nickel gotcha. or whatever on defense, and people are more like, of an X's and O's type of guy. I'm an X's and O's guy. And I'm a Takano's in the press box guy. But if we're being honest. Di different. We'll, we'll talk about that another day. But the point is, I feel like, so my issue was I wanted to watch the games. People weren't paying attention. But now I feel like people do pay attention. Like, I wrote a piece about Ryan Rico mm. and his just impact as BYU's punter this year. 
And after his 83-yard punt, the longest in school history, people in my friend group are very like casual Fairweather BYU fans. Probably wouldn't be going to games if we weren't winning. Um, they were saying like that punter had the greatest kick I've ever seen. Or mm. did you see the the one like triple reverse pass? Like they're watching these plays that matter. I think one of my friends even mentioned like the swing screen to Holker. That wasn't even like that. I mean, it's a pretty sweet play. As yeah. as like a football guru, I was I was stoked. But like. To be a casual fan and pick up on that, that's pretty cool. So totally. I'm glad that people are watching the games a bit. I hope that people are falling in love with the team and that I'm wrong, but who yeah, knows? No, definitely. And I think while we're talking about these X's and O's a little bit um, and some of the highlights and things we've seen, you know, as far as in the game goes, let's just talk about USF for a little bit. The yeah. upcoming game we got tomorrow here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Um, BYU coming in as a 3-0 team, um, playing against USF. I believe, you know, we're 20-plus point favorites, somewhere between Who's 20. Who's counting? Somewhere around 23 points. Uh, BYU is favored by. So, yeah, just talking about on-the-field stuff, you know, what, what do you think are just some of the keys to winning this game and kind of putting it away early? I mentioned this earlier, but I'm going to try to be more articulate this time. <laughs> but BYU, I think they just they got to take care of business early. they got to have the game in the bag. Not in the bag, but they need to have a nice kind of hold on the game. They need to have early control. That way they can start cycling through the depth a little more, get some of these guys lower on the depth chart, the, the Jackson McChesneys, the Sione Finals, those the, the Hinkleys. Those, those kind of guys at running back specifically or in linebacker too, the Ben Bywaters, they got to get some of these guys cycling through. So not only are they ready to step up later in the season if they need, but also they can take some of the pressure off of the starters. Um, Tyler Algier is great. He's had a great season, but I don't want to see what happens if he has way too much that he can handle, you know. Yeah. And so to having early control of that game to cycle through the depth is going to be great, especially for this upcoming three-game stretch with Utah State, Boise State, Baylor, because that's going to be that's the real test of BYU season, and it starts with this game because that South Florida is what's going to set BYU up for the next three game stretch. If that makes sense. No, definitely, and yeah, I think what you said is super interesting, really spot on about you know trying to show off some of that depth against USF, right? The starters for BYU have been fantastic so far. You look at Jaron, Tyler, you know, offensive line, a lot of guys on defense as well. The linebackers um, all been super solid, but we haven't really had to see a lot of the depth. We saw Baylor come in at quarterback for a little bit at the end of the last game. Uh, we have yet to see Jacob Conover, um, who I have been, uh, you know, hoping we could get a look at for a couple of years now. Uh, he's on the scout team last year. Anyway, I'm, I'm hoping that Jacob can get a look this Saturday. Uh, maybe just get, you know, maybe they split it between, you know, Baylor in the first half, Jacob Conover in the second half, something like that. And that's if Jaron's not healthy. If he is, obviously Jaron will play the majority of the game. Yeah, I would love to see them continue to spread the ball among receivers. I loved how they got the tight ends involved last game. Yeah. Isaac Rex with two tutties. Uh Dallin Holker had those those two great grabs, or was it? I think it was two. But yeah, yeah. I think you know they've been relying a lot on a lot on Gunner, a lot on Neal, and those are the undisputed number one tandem of receivers. But I want to see more Chris Jackson. I want to see more um, Talmadge Gunther, Keanu Hill. Keanu Hill. Keanu Hill's been great, and yeah. he just hasn't gotten the reps that really he really I feel like he deserves. And I feel like you know you have the Nakuas, and they're really trying to get the Nakuas involved. The Nakuas have been great. But you know they're both banged up, and they're one play away from being out for the season. And so the receiver room is pretty deep, but it's also been – there's been a lot of injuries, you know. And so I really would love to see them continue to utilize the, the fullness of that room because there's, there are a lot of stars in the making of that room. And I feel like if they could get them all on the field, all contributing, one, it's harder to defend. You're going to score more points that way. And two, it just gets you ready for the grind, you know, because if you could just take all the pressure – Neil Powell has been so great this year. He's so fun to watch. I was hoping he'd step up and be the number one guy this year, and he has. And I feel like, kind of like Dax Moan last year, if he goes start to finish full season as the number one receiver, he's going to have that momentum late where he can make big plays happen out of nothing. But I feel like if he can have a little bit of the pressure taken off of him, it just benefits everyone. Yeah, I think we can definitely both agree that the offense is going to be key for this win against USF. Come up, Hit him strong early, put a lot of points on the board. Uh, tear it open, like Jaron said, like and like we mentioned in the last episode, start spreading the ball around and really get that passing game going. Going back to the running backs for a second, you know, you mentioned Tyler Algier. You know, we don't want to run him into the ground, don't want him to get injured, right? And it's interesting because, you know, Kalani has kind of created this culture where everyone's all in, they're bought in, right? And they're going to go 110% all the time to make things happen. We saw it with Algier last game with the tomahawk punch. Um, <laughs> and... But the, the, the flip side of that, the, you know, the con to that could be that some of these guys put 110% in and they run themselves into the ground a little bit and they work a little too hard. We don't want that to happen with a guy like Algier, obviously. You already um, see it with Keenan Peely. I mean. Yeah, seen it, saw it with Keenan Peely a little bit. 
Um, Not that he did anything wrong. Obviously, right. I mean, it's a torn ACL, but he was leading the team in tackles, so... He was on the field, like, the entire game. He was always on yeah. the field. He was the guy that you could not take off the field, you Definitely. know? Definitely. And I'm, you know, kind of, like, hidden silver lining, I guess, as you can see more Peyton Wilgar. Yeah. He's been, I think I mentioned this last episode, he's my biggest surprise For or sure. just breakout performer this season on defense. But it's like you say, you got to just get that depth in because you, you cannot afford to lose some of these bigger names yeah. because... If you want to go 12 and 0, it depends on them. You know, the depth is important, but it's going to come down to Jaron Hall or Tyler Algier. And the, the coaches mentioned, you know, running back um, Tyler Algier, or sorry, not Tyler Algier, Jackson McChesney, um, as kind of that primary backup or third string behind Lopini and Tyler. So look for him to get some touches tomorrow as well, as we kind of show off a little more of that depth. But you know, transitioning to it, a bit of a different different topic, but still sticking to football a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about NIL just for a second and some of the deals that have been going on in name, image, and likeness. Obviously, the big breakthrough one was uh, the Bill Bar deal with the BYU football team. And, you know, we're just going to kind of going to discuss a few of the ripple effects that have come from that deal. We saw just this week that Smarty Streets, uh, a local tech company, partnered with or put out an offer to all the female BYU athletes to pay them uh, $6,000 uh, over the next school year. So a lot of big things happening at BYU with NIL, and it seems like kind of the impetus and the, and the big, you know, kind of watershed event was that Built Bar deal, and it was with the football team. So it's just really interesting to see, you know, how Kalani's culture and how his connections with his players and with other businesses are kind of leading the way for BYU athletics into, like, this new era, kind of. Absolutely, and it's, it's helping keep a lot of people at BYU, I think. Mm. I think it's big because, I mean, I don't want to say people are coming for the money aspect, but it's one of those things where you can market yourself as as an athlete and be be set up later financially and economically you know but the 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 built bar thing was really cool i love what they did for the walk-ons and smarty streets with the the female athletes that's that's incredible and those are things because name image and likeness was such a long ongoing battle so many people did not want that to happen there was so much pushback it finally went through and people were so scared it was going to turn into just a bidding war between schools for players it was going to divide locker rooms and stuff Mm. And BYU has handled that so perfectly to turn it into a team thing. I feel like yeah. these Bilt Bar things, that the Smarty Streets deal, they've honestly brought the team closer together. They've brought athletes closer together to hear that the walk-ons are getting standing ovations from everybody in the room and that everybody's mm. so stoked about Bilt. That's, that's stuff that brings a team together. You don't forget that. And it's one of those things, too, where I, I love that they're just investing in the athletes you know, you can write a check and give it to a program, but they're investing in the athletes as a whole and their education and what they want to do. And that's, that's what BYU is about is building great men, building um, people that can take, they can go into the real world and, and make a difference. And that's, that's how you do it is you invest in the players, you know. And so it's really, really cool, just a really exciting time just on and off the field. And at the same time, too, it's great for marketing your players because, I mean, we, we talk about the masked singer mm. at football games, <laughs> kind of a terrible Shout promo. We're, we're not st- stoked on that. I'll, I'm not, at least. I don't want to speak for Caleb. Uh, but. I love the Masked Singer, and I love when they play Blink-182 songs at the stadium, so keep that they up. They should play keep more. playing Blink songs. But, you know, some people are saying, like, when they take the mask off, no one knows who the player is. Mm, because, yeah. But NIL is helping to kind of market these players a bit better. People know who they are because they might be doing a promotion with Crumble or yeah. with Canes and Provo. I don't know. But no, it's a really good point. It's just wings. <laughs> it's great yeah. because Tyler Algier loves wings. If you love wings, it's great. If you love Built Bar, it's great. So, yeah, no, and I think it's really just the beginning. You know, NIL is still, still super young, but it's really, really impressive that BYU's been able to just jump on it. I mean, we're still in the month of September. It just started in July, and they've, all these deals have happened already. And I think it's just a start. I think we're going to see a lot more improvement, a lot more investment into these athletes and into their brands, personal brands, which, you know, was never really a thing before. We never thought about a college athlete's personal brand much before the last couple of years. So that's been really, really, really big, and I think it just fits right in with Kalani's culture of how he tries to empower the athletes, he tries to have a unique and personal connection with each of them, and that's you know just becoming more and more important through NIL. And I'm waiting for somebody to sponsor us. We're taking applications to sponsor us. We are indeed student athletes. As you can see, we've got this little video board back here. We can, you know, your your company here. Your company here. <laughs> we we grind just as hard as the student. <laughs> All right, that's. <laughs> But if, uh, if Canes wants to sponsor us, we go there quite a lot. That's so true. that That's would make true. things quite convenient. Anything involving chicken, so wings as well. Zaxby's, yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, now, uh, speaking of NIL, we're going to uh, toss it over to an interview I did previously with uh, the founder and CEO of Smarty Streets, Jonathan Oliver, to talk about 
how he came up with the idea to sponsor all the female athletes at BYU um, and you know why he thinks that's an important thing to do. So stay tuned for that and uh, come to the game tomorrow and we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah, so um, I'm the sports editor here at the Daily Universe, which is the student yep. uh, news organization on campus. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we just saw a bunch of the news that came through yesterday and um, obviously it's a big deal, you know, all of the, all the female athletes, um, a lot of excitement surrounding NIL now on campus with both the football deal and now with this deal. Yep. Um, so we just kind of wanted to get a feel for, you know, how these things kind of come about. Um, I guess why you decided to do this at this, at this time and then kind of going forward, what this means both for your company and for the athletes as, as kind of a connection, as this, this relationship now. Um, so I guess Great. to start out with maybe, what was your first, um, I guess, in, uh, maybe when did you first hear about N uh, NIL? And when did this kind of start to become an idea that you thought could work for your company? Okay, great. Yeah, I was going to say, let's go through those questions one by one. Um, so NIL, uh, I, the first place, first time I ever heard about it was uh, the U.S. Supreme Court ruling um, with the case uh, NCAA versus, I don't even remember the guy, the, the case, but uh, it was it was recent. It was in like June or July, essentially. Uh, July sounds about right. And I thought it was awesome because athletes could now start to profit off of their own efforts, which I, I just love that. I think it's like, hey, you do your thing. You should be able to make money on it. I don't care who you are. Um, so so I saw that. And then not long thereafter, it would have been a matter of weeks, maybe three weeks after that, maybe a little longer. I don't, I don't know the exact timing. Built Bar came out with their deal with BYU uh, football athletes. And I thought that was awesome. So Nick Greer is the Built Bar guy. And again, it was pure marketing genius on his part, because I feel like the, um, the, their product fits so well with the football team and, and just athletes in general. So it was just pure marketing genius. And, and it was just an awesome thing to do the way he rolled it out. Um, I love everything about that. The, the you, you watch the video and like the football players are loving it. It's, it's pure awesome. Um, and so it was probably, and, and I've been involved in various capacities uh, within BYU athletics um, you know, doing some different things for different teams. Um, you know, I didn't like my wife, we have, we have five kids, four girls, um, and they're, they're younger. So they're not like student athletes or anything like that, but we, they like, they like the sports and, uh, they like interacting with the athletes. Cause you know, women's athletes, uh, athletics is a lot more accessible, uh, in terms of like, if you want to talk to the athletes, it's so much easier. And plus I have little girls. And so it's this huge win. Um, and, uh, so my kids love interacting with the athletes. Um, and will I, they know a lot of them by name. I shouldn't say a lot. They know a fair number of athletes by name. And, uh, so it's just a, it's a great connection. And so it was probably, oh, it's just a few days or so. Mm, gosh, when was it? It was like, it was over a month ago now. Um, mm, I gotta make sure I gotta go back to my message history and find out exactly when I thought of it, but in any case, it was it was about a month ago. Let's go ahead and just say that uh, when I thought of the idea, and it was one of those where, well, let me back up. This is how it happened. I was thinking about the built deal, and then my household's involvement in athletics, and the thought hit me like somebody needs to do something for all of the all of the female athletes, and my immediate thought thereafter was well, that someone's going to be you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, because, yeah, so I, I just realized, okay, I'm going to be the one that does that, and I kind of, like, kicked it back and forth, like, just for, like, a couple, like, a minute, like, no, I couldn't do that, no, you know, it was, it was one of those kinds of things, and, but then as I started looking at it a little bit more closely, um, I realized, well, actually, maybe we could do this, maybe this is something that could work, maybe this does have some, like, um, and, and, because I had also kicked around the idea of doing a, a few scholarships, um, and but it's it's kind of like, what's the best way to describe it? It's like a little here and a little there. It's like salt and pepper on top of something. It's just seasoning. It's not really the main course. Yeah, that's maybe that's the best way to describe it for me. So 
again, with, with the build deal, that was really the, okay, this is real, this can happen. And okay, somebody should do something. Um, that was that was how it all came together. Like, okay, I need to do something. So that was, uh, and that was, again, I could find the exact date, but it was like roughly a month ago, it would have been um, mid, about mid August, uh, third, about third week of August, if I had to, if I had to guess. Because um, it was just, just a few days after the build deal, he said. Yeah, I think I think the build deal was like August twelfth, and it yeah. would have been it would have been the Sunday after that gotcha. that I was kicking around the idea. Like it was like, oh, this is so awesome! I love this. And then, oh, somebody needs to do this for the, the female athletes. So that was my that was how it all that, that was the genesis, the seed of the idea. Um, so then, and then of course, there's the question of like, well, wait a second, is this a good idea? Uh, and good idea is you got to look at it from two angles. Number one, is this the right thing to do? And that was immediately obvious. It's like, are women athletes less valuable? No, they are just as capable, hardworking, dedicated as their, their male counterparts. And so be, it just so happens that some of their sports are less visible, um, less, you know, like, uh, but that doesn't make them less important. Uh, so that's kind of how, so that, that's, that's one component. The next component is, okay, then from a financial sense, how can, how can we make this work? And, and it just so happens my company, so we're, we're built bars like business to consumer. They sell a consumer product. You buy the product, you know, just get the message out there. People buy the thing, they eat it. It's great. Um, and actually their product is really good. Their chocolate strawberry bar uh, tastes just like a chocolate covered strawberry. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is actually really good. Um, in any case, Mine's business to business. So the, the matchup is a little weird. It's like, wait, how does this work? It's kind of like um, Qualtrics sponsoring BYU. It's like, well, how does Qualtrics, what does that have to, anything to do with it? Um, and that's, that's, in my case, we figured out a way like, hey, this does actually make sense. Um, and it really comes down to social media. And that is these individuals, as long as they post uh, periodically about us, it keeps top of mind, but also we get a lot of search engine um, rankings out of it, meaning uh, all of the links and uh, exposure we get actually increases our, our search engine rankings. So that draws traffic to our website, uh, even if they don't come directly through the post. Uh, so, so the way Google works is by votes. Um, if, if you have um, 100,000 websites linking to you, you're probably pretty important versus you have three or five websites linking to you. You're not very important. Does that make sense? Um, and so with a lot of hyperlinks or a lot of links, we get more, we are considered to be more and more interesting and more and more important that we show up higher and higher on our rankings. So that way our organic traffic that we were going to get anyway, comes to our website, buys our product and so forth. Um, so that's the, that's the approach that we took. It was like, yeah, this seems to make sense. We can do this. And then there's actually some really good, um, good, there's like community goodwill, which then helps us with our hiring. We have about 50, 50 plus 55 people here, let's say. Um, and in, in terms of, we want to put a job post out there, you know, it's, it's a great job market. I, I think it's just awesome. People can go get it. You know, they, if they, they want to work, they can find a good job. If they're not in a job that they're happy with, they can find a better job. That's awesome. Um, and then, but from the hiring component, it just makes it a little tricky on our part. We have to we have to search a little bit harder to find candidates. And so this puts us, uh, it makes us more visible. We've always been content to fly like under the radar and you know, we just do our thing. We're here, we're helping support the community, but our own little like kind of like quiet way. And, uh, and then we realized, well, with this, with NIL, like the only way to really do this was it had to be through a visible, it had to be visible, which is kind of not how, that's not my normal like mode of operation. Um, I'm, I'm more like behind the scenes. We just do our thing, put our heads down. We're here. I, let me, let me, let me say it this way. Um, if you have purchased something online in the last 24 hours, last week, your address has gone through our system. The way you typed it, just the, your, you type, 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 enter that address went through our system in the last 24 hours. So we power a ton of stuff. I mean, you know, billions and billions of lookups a day. And you know, hundreds of billions to trillions of lookups a year. That's that's kind of volume we're doing, and so it's big. Um, 
but we're just super behind the scenes. It's like, you don't, it, the only time you notice it is when it doesn't work. <laughs> right. I'll say it that way. Like when you turn on the power and the power doesn't work. Oh, you know, but you, you don't think about it when it's always working. So um, yeah, behind the scenes was how we normally operate. This one required us to be in the limelight, which is again, a very unusual place for me. Um, but we're, we're happy to do it because the athletes are so awesome. We wanted to make sure like the NIL did like in order to do this, in order to, to, to essentially give money to the athletes, the only way to do that is NIL. And so we, we have to do it that way. And it has to be public because that's the, the whole point. Um, and then international students, you're probably familiar with this. International students are not allowed to do NIL, cannot do it um, because of all the different rules. But we found out a way through that. And that is we make a donation to the university, to the athletics and uh, athletics can then we can just say, hey, this money is reserved for international students and they can hand out scholarships from that. However they want, that's their business. We don't, we don't go there. Um, but uh, so that's how we've approached the problem. And so that way we've been able to take care of every single, essentially every single female athlete. Yeah, so that's actually, I'm glad you ended there because I was curious, you know, with the build deal, it was specifically football, right? And it seemed to me and I think other, you know, media or outsiders that that's kind of the pattern it would take would go from team to team, right? And yep. then these individuals, or even individuals, right? Individuals or teams. So at what point did you decide, no, we're going beyond a team, we're doing all the female athletes? That, that was, it, it never wasn't that way in my mind. It was, it was that these individuals all were like, I mean, how do you tell someone, hey, in volleyball, like, hey, you're, you know, like, you guys are good, but oh my gosh, we really want to, it's, it's really the soccer players that I, I don't know, like that was, it was in my mind, it was always going to be all of them across the board. Um, and I don't know, that sounds, that sounds a little weird, but it, it never, it never, oh yeah, we're just going to do soccer. Cause that's where we want to focus. No, it was all of them. Yeah. Um, so, cause they're, again, you talk to any one of them, you interact with any one of them. They're just phenomenal, like individuals. Um, they're just, it, again, that, that, um, I come away from any interaction with these with with any of these athlete, athletes energized. I am enlivened and excited about the future because of it. I mean, you look in the news, just general news. It's like all doom and gloom, and oh my gosh, this is happening, and and you can't do anything about it. Um, but then you interact with the athletes, and it's like the future seems full of hope and is and is bright because the and, and yeah, and I'm I sincerely mean that. I think they are doing a, a tremendous job and the kinds of values that people learn through sports. Um, I you know, we can do anything. So yeah, it never was anything but all of them across the board, including cheer and cougarettes, because in my mind, they are just as much athletes. And and I'm using the term like they are athletic and they yeah. are, you know, it's it is so demanding just to watch them do their thing. It's insane. Gotcha. Um, and I know, so you attended BYU uh, for a time, mm -hmm. your wife's a BYU fan, you said, yep. um, and obviously this deal is specifically, specifically with BYU. So mm -hmm. what is it about BYU and your experience with the school, both as a student and then, you know, afterwards, you know, you mentioned you had some connections with the athletic department. What makes BYU unique and right for this deal for your company? Oh, that's a great question. What makes BYU right? So in other words, why didn't we do this with the University of Utah? Why didn't we do this right. with uh, UVU or, you know, pick a, pick a USC or whatever? Um, gosh. I mean, obviously there's a church membership component there, but that's kind of an easy answer. It's like, a, like oh, well, it's because we're, you know, da, 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 members of the church. Um, that's not, I mean, that is a big factor, but I don't, gosh, is that... Maybe it's the, the kinds of athletes. Maybe that's what it is. Like, again, coming back to my four daughters out of five kids, four daughters, girl, dad, um, <laughs> put that in there. Hashtag girl, dad. Oh, you know it. <laughs> okay, good. Um, that is a massive factor because I'm just thinking of like, am I going to have my, my seven-year-old around let's let's just pick on another team from another school where their you know maybe their language isn't isn't great or maybe they're and that's not to say that everyone's like saints and you know like in like perfect you know like and that, that's not where we're going with at all I'm, I'm, it's 
it's it's a much harder sell, I think, for to for my the role models. That's really what I'm going with here. I think that BYU athletes are natural role models. That's the way to express that concept. Um, and and for for individuals who are, are to, to look up to, especially kids to look up to, I think BYU athlete, athletes have an edge. Um, and and they they know that I think they I think they know that they're being watched um, and and observed and so they have to be not it's not like oh I have to be on my best behavior all the time but they just the the if I want to point my kids to someone and say look at what they're doing do that to be successful it's an it's way easier for me as a parent to to point to BYU athletes as opposed to. Oh, let's just go ahead and um, if you're going to name anything, let's go with the top party school in the U.S. kind of thing. You know, it's like, oh, they're going to go here. They're going to do their game and then they're going to get plastered and then they're going to make some poor choices and then maybe die in an automobile accident or something crazy. Like, like I don't want to go there. Um, so, yeah, that's maybe the, makes sense. the best way to try to express that concept. Yeah, no, totally. I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I'm going to ask you to take me behind the scenes just a little bit more because I'm just so curious how this works, you know, both as a business owner in Utah County and involved with athletics. What has your relationship been both as you've interacted with other companies, you know, wh whether it be Nick Greer or, or other CEOs mm -hmm. in Utah Valley who might mention NIL deals with BYU, and then as you've interacted with BYU athletics specifically, how has that just kind of the behind the scenes, um, how has that I guess, come to pass? Let me, let me back up and I want to catch the first part of that question. Uh, restate yeah. that again. I want to make sure I, I caught exactly what you're going for. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, I kind of want to get inside from your perspective a little bit as, as, a, as a CEO, as a founder here in Utah County. Um, Cause I know people like Nick Greer and there's going to be others as well, you know, local business owners who want yeah. to make an NIL deal with BYU. Right. Yep. Great. Um, out from your perspective, you know, what's that, what's that like both as you interact with those other business owners talking about NIL and then with BYU, um, how interacting with BYU and creating those NIL deals through BYU. Okay, great. Okay. So this one's easy. Um, so, uh, mostly the way that we interact is uh, like you rub shoulders at different kinds of events. Um, sometimes they're BYU related events but you kind of get to know, um, and, and I don't know Nick very well, just a little bit, mostly just what I saw online. Um, and that's how I came to know him. But you just, you, I don't know, Utah Valley's a, <laughs> um, you, you operate a business here long enough and you become even mildly successful. You're gonna, you're gonna bump into people and you're gonna make connections. Um, NIL is so new that, um, yeah, I mean, let, let, let me let me back up. So have we talked about NIL really much at all? Not really, other than to say like, hey, you know, how, how did that go? There, there wasn't a whole lot of background there, honestly. So I don't know that like, I mean, what I'd love to do as I, I, what I should have done in my, in my marketing thing or like thing is like, okay, Domo, boom, your move or something like that. That's what I should have done or Adobe, your move or- right. You know, like, and if I could go back and rewind, I would have thrown down the gauntlet and be like, okay, and pick a big company out there, like in the Valley and be like, okay, your move. Um, that would have been, that would have been awesome. Anyway. Okay. So in terms of how interact interactions with different companies in, has influenced this only other than Nick's NIL deal coming to the forefront, that's the only real influence that was there. Um, now coming over to BYU, Utah doesn't have any laws that govern the NIL process. So the way the NCAA has set things up is they say, okay, well, the university that is in charge of the athletes needs to have a, a process. They don't even define what the process is. They just say it needs to be a process. At least that's my understanding. And so when we approached BYU, it was not from the perspective of we need your permission. Um, and this is actually one point I want to be very clear on. BYU this isn't BYU's deal. This is a smarty deal with the students. And we operated in a, a manner that followed protocols. So BYU has established a few simple protocols and we just had to execute on those protocols. So at different steps, we would, we would stop and check and say, okay, are we following the protocol correctly? 
and then we move forward. You know, are we are, are we doing things outside of the scope of what NIL should or shouldn't be? Um, and, and again, it's, it's fairly simple. Uh, like the only reason it took, like it was a month ago, like I said, the only reason it took this long is because the protocols themselves, the, the built deal kind of influenced it. And then there was some like a, a little bit of feedback with how should things go. And so BYU is learning as, as they go along as well on this one. Everyone's kind of figuring it out. Um, so we just, we approached BYU only from the sense of, we want to follow protocols. What are they? And then at each milestone, how are we doing until yesterday, Tuesday, when we said, okay, everything's in place. We're going to do this. Well, actually it was last week. It was last week on Thursday when, okay, everything's we've got, we've, we've made sure we followed all the protocols. Do you concur? Yes. Okay. We're good. We're doing this. And then we reached out and, and got a hold of, um, this is one place where we did coordinate a little bit more with the university because we have no ability to contact, hey, we're hey, 300 students, we're doing an NIL deal with you. Yeah. We did need a little bit of help. We said, hey, we would appreciate it if you would invite students to this event. They're not required to attend, of course, but we would yeah. appreciate it if you would invite them. Of course, the university wanted to help with that. Um, so that was the only real place where the university like exercised any like, you know, coordinated with us in, in any real fashion. So then how does the, um, the actual signing of each individual athlete work and then the payment of each okay, individual? Great. Simple, simple, simple. Um, so we, uh, and this is, this is the part that's actually just right about to happen. So the, the announcement yesterday was we have a, a deal, but it's a, in essence, it's a proposed deal and it'll be tomorrow or the next day. Um, to, we have the contract, um, and it's all, we figured it out and we've looked at, you know, and we, we've also had BYU just take a look at, hey, is there anything in here that's a little weird? Again, it's just a coordination, like, hey, anything out of the ordinary that looks unusual that, that creates problems. Um, and, but at this point, we're ready to send over via email to each student athlete, here's a contract, ease, you know, read it, understand tax implications um, and e-sign the contract. And then we will send them uh, another email from a, a reputable payroll company that will gather their banking information and so forth. Um, and, and this is one thing that you can clarify. Uh, this is a, this is a, a I wanna go ahead and use the term scoop. Um, the deal isn't just, the up to 6,000 is something people keep repeating. Here's how it'll work. They sign the contract and within about within a few days, we will deposit into their bank account $3,000. They then all they have to do is a few simple social media posts once a month. And in January, if they've done that, hmm. we deposit $3,000. And then we trust that and hope that fingers crossed that each athlete does a post all the way through April, April, May timeframe. And that's it. So the up to, it's like, well, in essence, it really is. They're just going to get 6,000. And we actually have for some athletes that help us with some additional clerical duties, like tracking social media, this and that, and just to make sure that different athletes have done their posts and so forth, like just updating name, phone number, email, whatever information, there's an additional thousand dollars. So technically there and there will probably have about 20 to 30 of those total um there's it's actually seven thousand dollars for them so um yeah um and then, and then there's other donations we're doing to the university like i said for like student international and we're also doing some other like donations for them to get like some some extra shoes i uh, i don't know if anyone mentioned like nike air jordans we talked about that that's yeah. a donation donation directly to the university the university coaches take care of that and and that's all their thing um so that's and then total on this thing is about two million gotcha okay yeah perfect yeah it was interesting that you mentioned you know you kind of wish you had thrown down the gauntlet for those other businesses right after years it almost seems to me like there's just an inherent gauntlet now that's been thrown down because you, you mentioned with nick greer the, the pure marketing genius that he had right and doing the, mm -hmm. the deal with the football team and then with your deal yesterday I mean, to be completely honest, like I hadn't heard of your company before yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it seems like it's a no brainer, right? For these, for companies to do these deals and get this amazing marketing and publicity, mm -hmm. um, exactly the exposure, right? 
So it seems like now it's just like, you don't even have to mention it. It's like companies are just going to want to do it. Right. And, yeah. like, and there's started this effect. There's been a fair amount of interest already now that's coming through. It's where there's like potential. And again, this is nothing's nothing's like chicken before it's hatched. You know, we haven't closed anything and it's so brand new, but there's, there seems to be some significant stuff in the works as a result of this. So there are some measurable effects that we can demonstrate and say, this is directly caused by this effort. Like, oh, we saw you guys on this and now we wanna pay you X thousand dollars or X hundred thousand dollars or whatever the number happens to be. So there's, there's, there is interest. Um, and again, nothing's closed because it was just yesterday and it may take weeks and months to close some of these deals. Uh, but for our part, there is interest. Things are happening and it's, it's good news for the athletes and it's great news for us. Yeah. And then I'm also kind of curious where exactly did the 6,000 number come from? Was it kind oh, of like tuition was, or? It, yeah, that that's, uh, we kind of just based it on, we kind of went with built. Um, and, and as we thought about it, this is one thing that's worth noting. You know, we, we didn't make a distinction like in the presentation that I did, we actually made a distinction between like walk-ons or whoever, but that was all just a, a like a show. It actually didn't really matter. Um, when, when I thought about it more and more, I'm like, does it matter that they have full tuition versus walk-on versus some have actual partial scholarships? Did I really care? And at the end of the day, the answer was no. It's if they do this thing for us, it helps us this much. So here's X thousand dollars. And this, so the six came from, there's a, I, there's the tuition argument, but it re, was really the um, uh, the built deal. Yeah. So anyway, it was really the built deal that like kind of guided us on the six thousand. Cool, cool. Sounds good. Um, those were kind of all the questions I had. I don't know if you had any. Um, I don't know any other comments or yeah, no, thoughts you had that you kind of like fans to understand about the deal. <laughs> oh gosh. Um... Yeah, you've already got the girl dad in there. That's important. Um, yeah, I think I've kind of put it all. I mean, this is, I think I want to emphasize the idea that this was the right thing to do. Like we felt called to that. I think I can, I can probably say that in the daily universe. I don't know that I could say that to ESPN, but it was something that was compelling us that direction, compelling me specifically. Um, that like, hey, if we don't do this, no, we have to, we, we just, we can't not do, do this. So, <laughs> um, no, totally. yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, um, and then you mentioned there's kind of going to be a couple of donations, like the shoes, for example, mm -hmm. are there any other specific projects that those donations are going towards? Um, right now there's just some stuff for the locker rooms, like, but the, the, it's not even like upgrades for the facilities. It's more like, <laughs> like the girls are like towels. Um, <laughs> Like, honestly, it was like, really? I'm like, yeah. And so towels and like robes and like heavier shower curtains that were like, didn't like float in the wind when somebody walked by when they're showering. I'm like, okay, we can do that. Um, I don't know how much you want to put that in the paper. That would be a little awkward, but, but just, you know, a few things for uh, personal use items for gotcha. in the locker, like iPhone charging stations, mm. iPhone charging stations. Like we're going to get some of those and um, and so that was the, and the, like equipment was just the, the, the Nike Air Jordans. Um, that was a fun one. And then the, uh, the, the big one again was just the, the sponsorship component, the $6,000 per person and possibly cool. you can even put parenthetically up to seven in some cases. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, and I, I know you mentioned that there's like the big sub for Santa event that's going on around Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, I think it'd be awesome to, you know, maybe send out one of our reporters to kind of help cover that and show what that'd these athletes cool. are doing. Yeah, uh, yeah that'd be awesome. And that, cause that can multiply our efforts. Um, we could have like, cause right now we usually have like, so we have 55, 60 people, whatever. We usually have teams of like five or six and what we could easily do is now you have like a team, like one employee or two employees with like four or five athletes. And that just massively expands our reach to where now we can hit like dozens of these things if we want to, as opposed to like, oh, here's like five or six. So usually we had like, like five families or something like that. Well, now we can do 50 families without too much trouble. So that could be, that could be a big deal. Yeah, no, that sounds yeah, awesome. Okay. Cool. Well, we'll, I'll definitely keep in contact with you for that. Cool. Um, and then lastly, do you think, uh, is the football team going to go undefeated? Um, 
Fingers crossed. I don't put money on these kinds of things. Um, if I did put money on something, it would be Bitcoin or, or a Dogecoin. But uh, spoken as, um, as, a, as a true tech startup. <laughs> yeah, no, I love I, I'm all you know, we love BYU football. I'm going to all the games and I, I would sure love for us to go undefeated. And I think there's if they make some corrections to kind of how they how they, you know, the offense plays, I think they kind of get if they can mesh together a little better. But I'm a, I'm an armchair quarterback. I'm like I'm not Satake. I, you know he's he's the guy. He sees everything, and he's a. From what I've seen, if they, if they can mesh a little bit better and and kind of start to connect a little bit better, then then I think we'll go undefeated. Yeah. Yeah, like they've got the pieces. A lot of great the, the components, the ingredients are there. Yeah. Just mix. Yeah. It just needs to be mixed a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more seasoning, a little bit more seasoning, a little bit more experience. I think they've got what it takes to to make it happen. Awesome. Sweet. Cool. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, I'll let you know if I have any other questions. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you later. Yeah, take care.